Hello and welcome to Mavs Daily presented by the Dallas Morning News. Every day we're breaking down a question, event, news, or trend, and we got a juicy one for you today because the Mavericks, Mike Marshall, who's joining me on this episode, might never lose another game. Fresh off one of the most exciting, I mean easily the most exciting playoff game in the last five years, but I mean one of the most exciting wins I can remember in my time as a as a spectator of Mavs sports, just now that we're about 24 hours removed from uh, from Luca and KP just taking down Kawhi and Paul George, boy, how, how are you feeling? How, how's your heart feeling? How's your brain feeling? And uh, and everything. I'd like to take this opportunity to officially retire. I've done everything that I promised I would do for this franchise. Wow! In my two in my little over two years here, um, went from a, a top three lottery team or yeah top three in the lottery team to a playoff victory. And I'd like to take this opportunity to step aside and uh, leave on top uh, with a, with a game two victory, one twenty seven one fourteen over the number two seed in the Western Conference. Um, this is as good awesome, as it gets. Man. Yeah, it's not going to get any better than this in the immediate future unless we unless we win this thing. But uh, no, man, that was awesome. That was that was drumming up feelings that you haven't had in I don't know four or five years, honestly, where you win a playoff game and you're like, uh oh. Like y'all, y'all weren't expecting that one, were you? Um, even the last series we were in the Thunder, that just seemed like a juggernaut thing in 2016, right? And the Rocket series before that, the year before, was just like we got to get really lucky. There, yeah, it was marred by you know what happened in Game Two of that series with uh, oh, right. old Number yeah. Nine. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so just to, and that's it. Felt really good. Um, number one, just to get a victory for the Dallas Mavericks fans um, in a playoff game. Like, that's just awesome. That's just something we took for granted for 10 years, a decade. Um, and now we know what the absence of that and how how, how hard it burns. Um, but uh, just seeing Luka get his first win, seeing KP get his first win, and being able to recover from what was game one that, kind of got ruined for us for all the wrong reasons you know what I mean um I mean I'm upset because my second best player my second highest scorer got tossed out of a game right that's that's frustrating that's gonna get any fan a little heated but for me I mean we're texting throughout the game we usually do I'm just kind of like man that ruined this game that ruined what was a super competitive awesome game and not only did it take, you know, our second highest scorer out, a guy that's, you know, second team all bubble, so you know what the league thinks of him off the court, but it causes just such a momentum swing and just craters. Um, and it takes an incredible amount of fortitude to just not even think about that and move forward. Like if the Clippers, if Paul George got ejected, like <laughs> the Clippers are more veteran than us, they're deeper than us, they're still just going to be like crestfallen and just be like, okay, what now? Um, and sometimes you do see teams bounce up whenever a guy's out. Um, the Spurs are legendary for doing that, right? Um, but man, a chance at redemption that quickly, two nights after, uh, 48 hours after, uh, the first one kind of got the, the fairness of the game and the level of competition just kind of got like brushed off the table into the trash can after game one. And to be able to redeem yourself in that kind of short order, especially when Luca only played 28 minutes, you know, it wasn't like a magic show. It wasn't like a, he did something crazy. And I don't even feel like we really played outside of ourselves. Um, 
in game two. So anyway, I've I've said enough. How are you? How are you feeling? Um, what do you What do you think going forward? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great, and and I'm with you. I mean, you and I were we were talking about it uh, in the moment. It sucked. Game one sucked. Um, it was an awesome game, but what happened was just the worst thing ever. And uh, yeah. you know what we've said about this team all year long. This is a young team. This team is so young. They're so young. Well, that means that you can be prone to some kind of emotional stuff. And that was an emotional reaction on KP's part, the first one and the second one. And they talked about it. We got to be smarter. We got to be smarter. Okay. Well, still, you feel like game one was a game that was maybe taken from you. You were the better team. You should have won that game. It should be 1-0, not 0-1. Well, you got to come out. You, you have a chance to kind of redeem yourself, but you still have to do it. You can't put your tail between your legs and, and pout and be like, well, whatever. The league is against us, and this series is over. That was our best chance. No, they came out and beat the crap out of the Clippers in the first six minutes of the game. They were up whatever it was, 15-2 to two or something, and it was a wire-to-wire -wire win. And so – I think the the thing that really kind of has me all all pumped and and just full of uh, full of youthful exuberance after this game is the way that they won. It was never mm -hmm. in doubt. I mean, it was the game was it was a single digit game in most of the second and third quarter, and there was a chance it could go either way. And even the, the Mavs were up whatever sixteen eighteen points with like five minutes left, and you were still like, okay, everybody, take a deep breath here because we still chill. got a long way to go. But oh, it, it, the, the score did not look like a fifteen point lead. No, not at all. Whenever not I looked down, I was like, that's eight. Yeah, that's eight points. Yeah, that's eight points right there. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're you know we're one Marcus Morris thirty second run away from calling timeout and you know pushing the panic mm -hmm. button. But um, I mean, it was such an authoritative convincing and thorough win and and that is like uh okay a veteran team does that not a team full of kids you know and uh oh yeah they, you know, they there are a lot of guys in this team man. that are in their mid-20s and upper 20s i mean let's not pretend like everybody's a teenager or anything but when luke is at the helm of this thing and then oh yeah he's he has five fouls and is going to play like eight minutes combined in the second half uh, and you still pull off a double digit win against a team that kind of like has reason to smell blood right now i mean that's mm -hmm. just I, I don't know that that is that is enough no matter what happens the rest of the series that one single game is enough to kind of keep me levitating until December January whenever next season starts yeah and those guys might be older in terms of Doe and Maxi and the other contributors Trey Burke even and Tim but they aren't old in playoff experience man and everybody's got a plan and you know I'm gonna do this if that and uh, this is how this is gonna work work out and however you rationalize it in your head you got that going until you get punched straight in the mouth. And make no mistake, the first five minutes of game one, that was you getting punched straight in the face. Like, turnover, 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 turnover. That's, like, like, that's the how the championship game starts in a movie, where like a really yeah. corny movie, like an underdog mm -hmm. story. Like, oh, they're so much better than us, you know, right yeah. away. Baptized and, by fire. And, the, and their intensity was through the roof. And, you know, we just kind of tried to chill into it, wade into the waters a little bit, and... The Clippers were like, nah, man, I'm pressing you like 90 feet from the jump, and I'm going to see if you can handle it. And we and we didn't, but to our credit, it's next play. It's I don't care about those five turnovers. What am I going to do about it now? Huh? Am I going to go like – like you just got to get over it. You got to move forward, and they did it so quickly. Um, and I still felt like that intensity and that level of like physicality still kind of made that game kind of weird. Um, at points and obviously it got to a point where a, one of the best players in the game got ejected and 
he's never going to say that, um, you know, he's going he's gonna to take that. He's going to say, I messed up. That's a, that's a first playoff game, too revved up, um, almost like a pitcher that goes out and throws too hard in the first inning, right? Um, and we don't know that level of <laughs> intensity that those guys can reach. Like, it's hard to relate to. Um, when you get the testosterone going and there's cameras around you and you're competing against the best athletes I don't know, on I Earth. I do play competitive Pokemon, Mike, so I kind of That's know true, you do. I've little, seen you. Yeah. I've seen you when you got in your zone. You begged me not to let you get in your zone, and then you got in your zone, and it was it was a lot. Yep. But it's, I mean, it's, game one was such like, just like a lost opportunity. I was very devastated, like, just to be honest. Um, the fact that you didn't get an honest shake at competing in that game. But game two starts. And they don't have Pat Bev, right? Pat Bev can't run around and foul Luca every 15 seconds and not get called for it. Um, and when a team like that relies, their identity is entirely uh, Patrick Beverly whenever it comes to grit, right? The rest of those guys play hard. I love Kawhi. Um, he's going to do whatever he's going to do, though. The rest, the rest of those dudes, I feel like they need somebody to throw the first punch. Right, they're the guys in the circle at the at the school fight in front of the lockers. Um, they need somebody to throw the first punch, and Pat Bev is more than happy to throw the first punch. That's him. That's his. That's his mentality. That's why that team works. And whenever you start having to roll Reggie Jackson in the starting lineup, it takes on a different color. Um, and that's why that's so um, volatile when your grittiness um, and your depth and intensity that you play with, um, at least for the guys not named Kawhi Leonard, fall in line with Patrick Beverly. Our team, I don't feel like we do that. I feel like every dude, we do, our, our team has this mentality. And if one guy's out, I mean, you know, my, eat my words if, if Luca has to miss a half or something. You know, but he, we saw we it last did. night. He did. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Right? And dudes from the bench that, you know, weren't on teams a month ago, Trey Burke is like, this is my moment. You know what? I can make excuses. I can say... You know, the third uh, vote-getter and the MVPs over on the bench, what are we going to do? And I felt like they did it in the first game. They go, oh, KP's out. What are we going to do? There's an excuse. There's built-in excuses, right? You start playing with yourself But even in your, still in your game head, one, you, they were within, you know, it was within, it was a winnable game. They were down yeah. one or four. So I feel like even though they lost and they did kind of, especially in that third quarter in game one, they really sort of like let down, mm -hmm. I think. You know, they, they, yeah. were, they were a little shell-shocked. But I think coming back in that game and keeping it close might have been encouraging enough to help sort of fuel them in game two. Yeah, yeah, you get a little bit of confidence out of that. But, I mean, I've seen I've seen a lot of Clippers games this year. They're on everywhere, and I know what they do, right? They're, they, got a, they got a nice two- to four-point lead going into the last two minutes or so, and they just drag you out to the deep end, and they suffocate you with just waves of Kawhi, solid possessions, and Paul George waiting over there on the wing to do his thing. And then, you know, if Lou Will's out there, and then their defense is just spectacular on most nights. Last night, not really. Um, so I've seen that. I've seen that movie. I've seen the sequels, you know what I mean, of the Clippers just kind of messing around with their food until there's two or three minutes left, and then they're just going to choke you out. And so I, I felt like game one, if you don't have a lead going in late against the Clippers, like, man, I, I just spot them five or six points. I'm saying they're about to do some clutch stuff that's going to be really annoying. Um, but be ready for it. It might be calls. It might be fouls. Last night, whenever we started fouling, whenever it became the foul show, man, that worried me. Because getting points with the clock stopped when you're up 12 um, is – that's bad business. 
that ain't the way to do it. Um, but we were smart and started getting the free throw line as well. Uh, and credit to Tim, uh, making some super physical plays. Um, I don't know how <laughs> that dive out of bounds was not a foul. That that was insane. Dude got body checked into the Dude. video board. <laughs> that was that was Jason Dickinson was level amazing. of like getting thrown into the stands. Yeah. But um, yeah, man. I, I and then Tim staying physical and they just they just they're an aggravating team even without Pat Bev, right? Um, because they're so stinking good, because they're so sound defensively, that whenever you get that little bit of light, they can like grasp it back from you. Um, and I thought they were going to overturn that Tim layup when he went to the basket, and he was clearly knocked off his path. They start reviewing it, and the team you're getting reviewed against is the Clippers. You never know. You just never know. You don't know how that's... You can, you can sit there and watch him hack him or knock him off his line. You just don't know how that's going to go. And I thought that was about to be a turnover. And I thought, oh, no, like, here it comes. Like, here it comes. Um, but to everybody on that team's credit, especially the bench, man, like when Lucas steps off the court, um, I mean, we know, we know what Luka Doncic means, right? And we know that, uh, I thought, um, Kenny made a good point last night on, on inside the NBA that this isn't second year Luka. This is third year Luka. Cause he's had time to take a break, heal his body, reassess his game and, see what he wants to attack going forward and see how people play him and good god man like that guy is on another planet yeah i was gonna ask you i mean this is like super hot take sports talk but he's the best player in the series right so far right now yes right as of right now yes against um, and against he's the be- finals mvp and paul george mm-hmm. who's made half a dozen all-star games yes and he's he's been the best player the last 10 games besides Damian Lillard, not named, you know, Dame Dalla. Um, he's just, he's insane right now. Like, and it's not even, okay, if he makes 40% of his threes tonight, we're going to win type stuff. It's, man, the way he like just dances in the backcourt and waits for you to like just get off balance or get to leaning or make you switch your feet about four times in a row and you're just tired of it. And then he's like, that's it's done. Like you, me, and you, we we watch this kind of stuff. And we've seen every play he's made this year. And dude, as soon as he gets that step on you, he gets your feet shifted the wrong way, and you get like lazy for like half a second, just a split second, and his shoulders past you. That's church, man. You you you're lucky. You're lucky if you keep him to a floater in that instance, um, because what's probably going to happen is he's going to get to the basket and draw a foul. Or he's going to kick out, and someone's going to bomb a three on you. Um, but I mean, Pat Bev being out was huge. I definitely think Paul George is dealing with some kind of shoulder thing. Um, he's not so going to have not, another game like that. That's for sure. I mean, that was, no, he's not going to have another game Paul like that, but he, but he also, I mean, he's definitely dealing with something in his, in his shoulder. I mean, he had ice on it and the immediately after the game, I know he had surgery, um, and he missed the beginning of this season and you don't know how your body parts react to six straight weeks of basketball especially after an injury or a surgery um, until you put it through six straight weeks of basketball. Right. And so I, I wouldn't hate it if Paul George is dealing with something. He clearly was last night and that was tough for him. Um, But whenever you start sizing us up against the Clippers, to me, you always look at if, if, if it was a fair shake, if Jalen's healthy, if Dwight's healthy, um, Courtney's in there, like, okay, Let's roll in there and see what we can do. Um, and I like stacking them up that way. 
But whenever you look at it right now, you go, man, their their bench is the difference. Like if we go if we go blow for blow, KP and Luca versus uh, Paul and uh, and Kawhi, it, then still they got an advantage on the bench, right? And Lou did his thing, and Montrez did his thing to a to a certain extent, but our bench outplayed their bench overall, man. And Landry Shamit is I don't know what's going on with that guy. He's well, he was some... out for a little while. I mean, I, that's the thing. I mean, you, you know, you're catching them kind of at not to be whatever, but kind of at a good time because Shamit was hurt, and and Montrez Harrell had that situation go on with his family, unfortunately, and so you know they're just kind of. The Clippers are trying to feel it out. They're like game two, mm-hmm. game three of the bubble right now when it's really yeah. – it's game three of the playoffs. And so, mm-hmm. you know, this is valuable time, and that's why, you know, losing game one kind of sucked so much. But, I mean, the Mavs have found something with putting Boban out there and matching Boban up with Harrell and just saying, hey, That's a great Boban, move. park it in the paint, count to 2.9, step out, and then get right back in. And, you know, Harrell is a really quick and, 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 and kind of ferocious player. He's going to come at you. But Boban is seven foot million and weighs <laughs> five hundred pounds, and so it's kind of like water on rock. I mean, Boban's not going to move, and so it's crazy that all year we've been hearing like Boban is an offensive player, offensive player, offensive player, and there's defensive matchups where it just can't work. But really, like he's more important almost as a defensive presence because otherwise they don't have anybody else that can stop Harold. If you look at Harold's yeah, splits against the Mavs for the last five years, it's ridiculous. Like. 75% field goals for a season, levels of dominance against the Mavs. And mm-hmm. Boban somehow has become the answer. And and those are little things <laughs> that add up to huge impacts because Harrell is arguably like the third most important player. From local high schools to the pros, the Dallas Morning News has got North Texas sports covered. And it's more than just the scores. From all the off-season moves to in-season adjustments and maybe even postseason glory, we certainly hope so around here, the DMN has got the inside scoop on your favorite teams, players, and coaches. You follow every goal, save, bucket, and touchdown as the Dallas Morning News delivers real local sports journalism from the press box and locker room straight to your inbox. Head to dallasnews.com sports now or preferably after the podcast, but either way, definitely check out what uh, Brad Townsend, Callie Kaplan, and the rest of the DMN gang has for you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we don't have a. I mean, now that Maxi's into the starting lineup, we don't have another bench big. I mean, say Boban gets in foul trouble in a game, you're rolling Justin Jackson and MKG out there. You're back up four five. Like that's your only answer. And we have, you know, we got a bunch of guards um, on our bench now that Maxi's a starter. Um, but no, that's that's a genius move. Is just, I mean, it's like they bring in the left-handed. Pitcher, I bring in the right-handed batter, right? It's just automatic. You just go. You just see Harold coming in. You go, well, I can get some good minutes out of Boban right now. Um, and last night, like, just running through, like, how each team wants to play, right? And what they're if, – if Clippers win if these five things happen and Mavs win if these five things happen. Last night was super out of character for us to win outside of, like, low turnovers and knocking down a high percentage of threes, right? We didn't even shoot that many compared to our standards. Um, I think it was 29, 13 to 29, right? So 45%. Yeah, they average awesome. like 42 per game. So yeah. that's way yeah. under. That's way under what we usually do. And I don't know if that's a f- uh, formula you want to lean on going forward or if that's kind of outside of our nature. But, dude, if if Trey and Seth are going to be that aggressive and maybe it just – maybe it took something like, you know what? Luke is out. 
you're either going to drown or you guys are going to pick up the scoring right now. Um, maybe it took that kind of, cause I mean, Doe didn't contribute on the scoreboard a ton. Maxi didn't contribute on the scoreboard. Um, I mean, Boban's 13 is awesome, but you just didn't have an overwhelming, like, uh, what I would think a Mavericks win would look like. Um, and one of the things I think was super important last night and the two games previous that we've watched, um, against, you know, the Mavs versus Clippers is, you know, you can, you can say whatever you want about Kawhi and Paul George. They're, you know, top five, top 10 players in the league. Um, man, the guy that had killed us, uh, during the seeding games and in game one had a huge impact was Zubac. Um, and I think, I quietly think the key to this series is make Zubac non-impactful. Like if he's getting 10 and 10 a game, that's trouble. That is big trouble, like game one, um, where he's just active and everywhere and raising hell and just bodying people. And last night, dude, three points, four boards, and to the point where they stopped playing him. You know, they they took him off the court for uh, most of the second half. I just, I think that's 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 a key. You got to control that guy. And taking him out, and Harold being limited because Boban was, you know, had the leg up on him, kind of force the Clippers into this small ball look, and that's what enabled mm-hmm. Trey Burke to turn the third quarter into a layup line because they don't have any size out there. And yep. so you re- you really kind of hamstrung their their one big advantage, which they do have pretty good interior presence to slow down, theoretically speaking, at least the Mavs inside-out game, but it wasn't there. And that kind of is the the ultimate sort of I guess like theme throughout the first two games of this series is that the Clippers are letting Luca drive and they're saying, Luca, what you, if you can beat us one-on-one, we'll give you a layup, but we're not going to let you kick it out to Hardaway or to Seth or to Max here. Any of these guys for three, we're not going to let the other guys beat us. The Mavs in the same way. They know if Zubots and Harold get going, the Clippers are unbeatable because they will just, they will execute you to death. They will execute mm-hmm. you by executing. And <laughs> it'll be a slow, painful, miserable death. And so they're saying, look, we're going to put Maxi on Kawhi. We're going to put Finney Smith on He's been on great, Hardaway. by the way. Yeah. And He's been great. Like, I know I know Maxi is getting talked down because his numbers aren't up and he hasn't shot well from three. But, dude, you can't understand how much work that is to play 30 minutes against Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. And, and not just get roasted. Make him work. Just make it. That's mm-hmm. all you can do, right? Every extra step you make Kawhi take could be helpful in game seven or game six. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But what they're doing is both teams are just saying, look, if you want your superstar to ISO our guy, do it. If you want Marcus Morris to post up continuously on Seth Curry, do it. But what we're not going to do is let you, you know, force double teams or force over help. And then a guy on the weak side is open. Neither team Mm -hmm. wants that. And so right now, Kawhi and Luka are just getting theirs. And it's beautiful to watch because these superstars are at the peak of their – well, Luka's not yet, but, uh, you know, (laughs) at the peak of their powers relative to the rest of the league. And it's beautiful to see. But by the Mavs just allowing Kawhi to do his thing and allowing Paul George to do his thing, they are kind of limiting Zubats and Shamit and, you know, to a degree, Marcus Morris, although he was very big in game one but uh, less impactful in game two. And it's just, you know, I, I, I don't know. And, and so even even after game one, um, I talked about it with Isaac the other day on Mavs Daily. Uh, the Clippers won game one, but I felt like they were the team that had to make more adjustments heading into game two. Mm-hmm. And after two games 
uh, one and a half of which you had KP and one and a half of which you had Doncic. If I'm the Mavs, I'm not changing anything. I mean, maybe no. tweaking some things defensively, but like if the playoffs are a chess match right now, I'm thrilled with how it's gone and I'm not like I'm not looking to adjust at all. I feel like the Clippers are the ones that have to they got to make some moves here. Yeah, and and one of the things um that stuck out to me in the difference between game 1 and game 2 or one of the things you can keep doing moving forward is um which was frustrating last night because Luca drew his fifth foul this way and maybe his third or something. But dude, as soon as Trez catches the ball and it looks like he's about to go yam on the on the rim, foul him. Yeah, foul him in a in a, dude, in a very convincing fashion. Grab yes, him he, and, he's shot know. four of ten from the line last night. Make him if you if I lose this game because Montrez Harrell made all ten of his free throws, you know what? I'll live with that. I'll live with that. But. That's one way to completely take him off the board. Um, and, yeah, you get in foul trouble like last night, and then you got to adjust that way. So it's kind of, you know, covering up one, putting your putting your, putting your your hand in the leak over here while another one springs. But you just got to survive minute to minute because this team is is stacked and they're a lot of people's, you know, predicted winner of the, of the championship. But the other thing is one of those things that happens in a weird um, – uh, a game one, one of those weird things that happens to teams in a playoff game one, whenever you're not experienced or just in general, um, is the the secondary guys that aren't on ball all the time aren't going to get 20 shots a night. They kind of just float through games and they don't have that 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 aggression and that that force. And in game one, literally the only people that shot free throws were Luke and KP. That is the only Mavericks. I think there's like one other free throw. Trey by Burke one other had one free throw attempt. One. One. That's so easy to me to look at and go, these secondary guys were just, they were shook. They were shook for a large part of the game, right? Um, and game two, Tim has six free throws. KP has eight. Luke has 12. Trey has four. Seth has two. Boban gets there. DeLon shoots four times from the free throw line. Dude, that's this that's such an easy indicator to me that you are either um imposing your will on the other team and kind of dictating how they defend you or you're just that good of a ball, a ball handling team and just uh people are forced to foul you and I don't know if that's the case. So I, I I think it's I think it's the first thing of these guys decided if we're winning this game it's going to be me playing with a lot of force. And not playing passive like we did in game one, in which, you know, if if Luke or KP weren't getting to the line and weren't the the driver of the offense, then no one was doing it. Um, so, I guess adjustments from the Mavs side, I, I foul Montrez more, um, <laughs> break the rules more often. <laughs> yeah, break the rules more often. Um, whatever you did to Paul George last night, keep on doing that. That exact thing. Um, if you can. You know, get a couple more games with Patrick Beverly not in the lineup. That'd be preferred. Um, And that might be. I mean, that's an injury he's been dealing with for a while. Um, I do think they got away with a little bit of playing with fire with letting Lou go go 23-7 and last night. Um, But also, I mean, if if they're having to play Lou 30-plus minutes, I don't think that's their formula for winning, (laughs) you know, because he can't defend Luka. Like, who's Lou defending out there? Like... It's just not happening. I mean, he's he's one of the he's the greatest spin score of all time, but they don't they don't put him in there to get stops. 
right? He kind of compromises their defense whenever he's out there. Um, so that's, Hence that's Trey my, Burke uh, going off for 16. I mean, yeah, if, and, and absolutely. you know, I'm being serious here. If Trey Burke can just like pretty much cancel out Lou Will, then that's a huge, huge win for Dallas. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, so that's, that's my, uh, hashtag keys to the game moving forward. You don't need to change much. You've played better than the Clippers for what? Seven, six of the eight quarters that you've played them. Um, so keep it rolling, dude. Keep it rolling. I think they got some belief in them now. They got a little pep in their step. They got a little bit of, a little bit of FU attitude right now after that one. Like, don't let that, don't let that dog get any confidence. Um, and now they got some confidence and there's no home court advantage. Uh, the, the Clippers main advantages obviously are they, they're super deep. They have two extraordinary players, um, home court in theory, um, and they I think they play with a level of intensity that we don't necessarily bring on a night to night basis or for forty eight minutes. You take Pat Bev out, that takes one out. They don't have home court. Feels like a pretty fair game. Now. We're not fighting the elements. We're fighting we're fighting five other dudes. Um not saying we're gonna, you know, win four in a row here, but this is how it starts, right? These are the reasons, these are the cracks that you see. Um so I'm super confident about how competitive we can be moving forward i do kind of feel bad that they're not going to get to come home to a home crowd for game three after <laughs> what they did in game two because the aac would be on fire especially if they oh, opened dude. up like 6-0 or 7-0 or something oh my god mm-hmm. it would be louder in there than i think it's been since 2011 but um yeah i mean they have to feel good they have to feel confident there's a lot of belief in that locker room um and you know, but you don't want to rest on your laurels. You got you got them once, but you got to get them three more times, and that's tough. Yeah, it's going to be very tough. But after losing game one, you got to respond, and they did. And now it's a best of five, and they've been, like you said, the better team for six or seven quarters of this series, which is amazing. And you know, maybe the Clippers will figure it out. Maybe they won't, but if you're if you're the Mavs, you got to keep the pedal to the metal and see if you can pull this thing across the finish line. Um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be exciting. And we've, between now and Monday, there will be two games, so it's going to be game three and game four before Monday. And so by the yeah. next time you hear this podcast, uh, we might be uh, we might we might be dancing, just like it might just be a thirty minute rave, depending on how the weekend goes. But but we'll I'm ready see. for it. We'll see. I mean, we've 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 lived through this evolution of Luca together. Um, I mean, alongside him in a different, you know, not on the on basketball ops or anything, but just seeing that dude as happy as he was, just gleeful last night after getting his first playoff win was so cool. So, so worth it. Same for KP, man. I mean, that guy's had a, had a hell of a journey to this point. Um, and for all those dudes, I mean, Tim down, down the line, like, just living through it and seeing, well, this is why we did a mini camp a month before we headed out to that. And this is why we were disciplined and responsible about our, our etiquette so that we could all be healthy to be here. Um, and, you know, you think about Jalen and Dwight, two of the dudes that we're, we're closest with on the team and feel bad for them. But, dude, just. Thinking that you're one of the thinking from us thinking that he was one of the best players on the planet to getting to this point to where he's winning playoff games is it's awesome, man. From it's really, really cool. To knowing, 
basically yeah. is, is, yeah, is the, the path that we've been on. It's self-actualization. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. There's no it's doubt now fun. that he is one of the best players in the NBA. Um, everybody knows it, including him. And so it's yep. uh, it's exciting stuff. But, all right. Was there anything, uh, any any final words before we get out of here? I feel like uh, emotionally everybody's ready for game three. Tactically, we'll see. But uh, I, I don't know. All, all I can say is that I'm just, I'm very, 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 very excited. Yeah. Um, uh, a call a call back to the, the tune-in that we put out earlier today for game three. Bring the juice. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Bring the juice. Dude, if they come out and they play the first quarter like they did last night um and the table is exactly the same like let's go yep let's go like no one wants to mess with us nobody wants to mess with us yep and they can beat anybody they've shown it they've proven it all year when this team is on they can beat anybody and that includes the guys that are in the other locker room so let's go out there and see if they can do it oh my god i'm ready i'm ready mike let's do it thank you for joining me man i appreciate it thank you out there for listening if you enjoyed this episode please feel free to rate subscribe and review and we will see you on monday on the next mavs daily hopefully with a 3-1 lead but either way we'll be back with you to break it all down and we will see you then yup